isolated at birth. Until he develops an immune system of his own, he'll have to remain in his protected environment. Are we talking about days or weeks or months? Years. Trapped for a lifetime. You don't care what happens to you. Touch somebody that thinks you want to die. You're feeling like a hospital case. Like some weirdo kid who, who can't even breathe normal air because he might get sick and die. John Travolta is the boy in the plastic bubble. A USA premiere event tomorrow at 2, 1 Central. Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew. And I'm Mark. And you are listening to TV Movie Night. Mark, how does it feel to be in the presence of a champion? Uh, Andrew, it is humbling. Mm-hmm. I'm currently looking. You positioned your trophy in a spot where I can only look at it. Like, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew, why don't, why don't you tell people about Ladies and gentlemen. Your great achievement. You're talking to a true champion. If you bet on me, then I've got great news. You bet you on bet a winner last night. On a winner! Mark, my team and I won the eighth season of the LA Sportsnet Burbank Bowling No Tap Nine is Fine Bowling League. Yes. That, yes. That's right. You probably saw it in the sports page. You probably saw it screaming front page banner headline. Uh, Big fat sports slob. center, I think, was talking about it last night. Fat idiots get big fat win. <laughs> but this is true. Andrew, I'm looking at a trophy. It's about two feet tall. It's huge. It's got... It's heavy. It does not have your name on it. Not it yet. It will have not your yet. team. What's the name of your team? Uh, we are the Somersault Boys. Oh, a name that inspires fear. That's right. When you hear the Somersault Boys rolling towards you... Yeah, you go, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Put down... Put... Don't... Put the, put the nice stuff away. We Andrew, put, just put the regular furniture and the regular stuff out. Andrew, you and I were on a bowling league about four years ago. It was the same bowling league. And we, we bowled in season one of this league. And we were terrible. We were terrible. I actually looked up our stats. We placed seventh out of eight. Yeah, I was awful. We were all awful. The rest of the team wasn't great. We had a rotating cast of characters, as I recall. I think you and I went to more games than anybody else by a high margin. Yes, but we still were terrible. Yeah. And we were bad, and, and we were stinky doo-doo, and it, uh... But now... Now... I'm not there. No. And suddenly the team seems to be wonderful. That's curious. Curious. Strange. Strange that. Curious how these things happen, but, uh... No, we won, uh... We won the big trophy last night. It was great. Oh, you should have been there. Just I can't imagine. Champagne corks, just nothing but confetti. Yeah. I asked Andrew when he showed me the trophy today what it feels like to win, and he was like, to win this? And I said, no, just to win. Oh, and then you laid face first on the floor. Yeah, and then you scooped waffles into my mouth to said, get my energy back up. Eat up, you monster. We had a regular season. We had it was an, a Cinderella story. It was You a guys were dog shit all season, right? Been, so the way this worked is... Uh, we had six teams in the in the league, and it's a, if you're not familiar with with bowling or what, nine is fine and stuff. So the way the league works is it's this really dumb like beer league rec league game matches where you a match a match game. You really sound like you know what you're talking about here. Andrew goes and he bowls every week for six weeks in a row. It's it's three games a week, and it's called nine is fine because. If you throw a ball and you knock down nine pins on your first ball, it that counts, counts as, as a strike. strike. And so it's that's what makes it rec league. So it's not 
terribly impressive because if you just throw it straight down the middle of the lane, you're probably going to knock down nine pins because... Unless I'm doing it. The whole point is, uh, you know, because if you're doing regular bowling, there's some... If you leave, you know, spare shooting is, is in terribly is very important in bowling. Yes. You know, you want... the name of the game. You want to be accurate. But in this, if you just throw a garbage ball and you just get nine pins through the grace of God, you're yeah. like, I'm the best. So that's what we've been we've been bowling in this league for the past eight weeks or so, and everyone makes the playoffs. So because there's only six, there's teams. only six teams. So we were fourth. We never placed higher than fourth the entire league. Right. The way it worked for the tournament is the first and second seed of the league, first and second place, they got buys in the first round. Mm-hmm. The th- third third played fourth, fifth played sixth. Sure. In the first round. Then the winner of the three and four team went to play the second seed. Winner of five and six went to play the first seed. And then the winners of those games played each other in the finals. Yes. So we won the first game. And then that meant we were going up against the second seed. Yes. No, I'm sorry. We were were up against the first seed. Okay. So in the second round, we went up against the first seed. And I turned to my teammates and I said, "Perhaps, perhaps we could spoil this for everybody. Right. Because... We've been dog shit the whole season. You decide this is your chance to give a Hoosiers inspirational speech. I yes, I, I Gene Hackman them. I right. pulled them all together, and instead you're and like, I said, "Gentlemen, what if we just fuck up their night? What if we play the first seed of this tournament, and we send them home early, just because it would be funny that we're dog shit and we managed to beat them, right?" And everyone, everyone got on board with this. They're like, yeah, that is funny. We made a wish board. <laughs> a and it came, board. it came true because we managed to beat them. in the. And so we beat the first seed. Mm-hmm. The second seed beat their team. So then we went into the finals. And I told the team, I said, at this point, we're going to play second in this tournament, which isn't bad. Right. I'm as surprised as you are that we've won two games. But mm. let's think about this. <laughs> What if we beat this team and we spoil the night for everybody in the league? Yes. Did that- you say, gentlemen, there's a rule of thirds in comedy? <laughs> you see, you do it once. Uh, you do it twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do it three time. times. <laughs> We're going to spoil not once, not twice, but thrice. And so that's what we did. This it came down to like the ninth and tenth frame, and we had a couple players that were on some hot streaks. This team in the second game, had one of their players bowl a perfect game. Oof. Now, a perfect game in a Niners fine league isn't as impressive as it's it would be in a regular good. game, but still, that person put a, put a 300 up on the, on, the, on the scoreboard. Yes. And we beat that team. Yes. <laughs> and so we got this big you got fucking, this big damn trophy. This big fucking trophy. That we have to put our name on. But the thing is, is that this league, like the the next league is starting up on uh, in like mid-May. So we have to give it, give this trophy back at some Aww. point. We don't get to, we don't get our own. It's not like with the, the like championship, championship belt. belts. They get generally the, the, the wrestler gets like a replica to yeah. put in their trophy case. And then there's one that goes with the company. Yes. We should. That's what I would prefer. If you want the showpiece. To put our name on, that's fine, but I feel like we should get one for ourselves. Right, I agree. But we won. 
We won, baby. I'm happy for you. We won, baby. Just I, to... Andrew has a big grin on his face Mark, that I haven't is, seen in years. There is nothing more... Insp- that's what people were saying yesterday. There's nothing more inspiring to me mm-hmm. than to spitefully win something. Yes, absolutely. And just to, just to, to, to win, not because you want to, not because you want to show that you're better at something than someone else. No. You want to do it because it prevents the other person from doing it. Right. You said that the best part was seeing how angry the other team was. Oh, they were so mad. They were just stewing the entire time. And I didn't want to celebrate in front of them because I I know I've been in that position where you like I don't want to gloat in front of them. You should have gloated. Because, like, we took a picture with the cop and we got shirt, like, these dumb shirts. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. But when we went out to the parking lot, oh, I was shotgun and beers. Beside myself. I was laughing and I was like, (laughs) we fucking did it. You shot off some uh, bottle rockets, I think. Uh, So, what I'm saying is is that now my passion is to win an Oscar or an Emmy Mm. just so I can prevent other people from winning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I managed to somehow. Get a, uh, a like a film campaign that splits the votes across like four incredible performances or four incredible scripts. I and think my dog shit thing manages to tumble to the front of the pack. I think you should make it your goal to prevent Lady Gaga from getting an EGOT. <laughs> the one thing I think she's missing is a Tony, and you're like, I'll stop it. I'll find a way. What does she have an Emmy for? American Horror Story. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. First thing she did, which is insane because she tells all these speeches about how like... 99 people in that room, Mark. No one it's believed in me. that one person. I've, you know, I've There's struggled. That one person that I've struggled and I've worked so hard for this. And you're like, no, she you haven't. sex you, with Bradley Cooper, you, I think. You want and, an Emmy right away. And he pissed himself. And then they made a movie. Then they... Yes. <laughs> so we should do... This. Yeah. This is good this is stuff. This good stuff. This is the movie. I'm right. covered in piss. This is good stuff. Well, Mark, speaking of being covered in piss, television movie night. Yes. Your source for spiteful people and and piss-covered pants. Mark, you and I watched a television movie. A wonderful television movie. This week. Uh, We are in the month of March still. We're ending our rodeo roundup of biopics. And we watched the 1976 film The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Yes. Which we're going to talk about at length in a segment I like to call, well, 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 what do you know? Mark, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble premiered on ABC on November 12th, 1976. 76. Those, those big tall ships were coming into the harbor. The bicentennial Yeah, this is the bicentennial. America was 200 years old. Ford was president? Yes, we were coming off the Nixon... Uh, right? debacle. Yeah. And uh, uh, the, those tall ships were lifting the nation's spirits. <laughs> also in theaters were Rocky, I think. Rocky. And Kentucky Fried Movie, I think, were the big ones. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Airplane would be right around the corner. Yeah, early 80s, I think. Mark, this uh, this movie stars John Travolta, who you might be familiar with. You might maybe you heard of him. Face. Face. Oh. John Travolta, obviously. Uh, Star of Look Who's Talking Now. Gotti. Look Who's Talking To. Broken Arrow. Face Off, as we said. Mm-hmm. And Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Hairspray. Yes. 
who's in Hairspray. Yes, he plays the mom. Yes, he does. The Harvey Firestein character. Yes. This also had Robert Reed. Again. Back to back. back. Mr. Brady is here. Uh, Glennis O'Connor, who was in, uh, she had a recurring character on Law and Order. She was also a minor character in Johnny Dangerously. Yes. Love that movie. Uh, Diana Highland, who was in Eight is Enough, mm-hmm. and Ralph Bellamy. And PJ Souls plays the weird friend Diana, or Diane. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would go on to play, she would be in Carrie, which also stars John Travolta. Yeah. Comes out in like a year, I think. And then she was also in Halloween. She mm. plays the girl who says, anything you see anything you like, and then Michael Myers kills her. Uh, Ralph Bellamy. You're familiar with Ralph Bellamy, right? He's the older doctor character? Yes, he is. Uh, yes. Very famous character. Most people would know him from... The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Trading Places. Yes! And, of course, he shows up again in Coming to America. Yes, he does. He's also in The Awful Truth, Rosemary's Baby, yes. and His Girl Friday, along with a bunch of other stuff. He won a uh, uh, he won an Oscar, like a... a Honorary? An honorary Oscar because he was such a nightlife. <laughs> People just liked him. No. Oh. They're just like, yeah, he deserves something. He was in hundreds of films in the 30s and 40s, usually playing like a, a heavy or a gangster and, and kind of going from there. But he plays like a like an evil doctor in Rosemary's Baby. And yes. He plays the second to Cary Grant is in he's his Girl Friday. Yes. Yeah. But here he's playing a doctor character he's also a friendly pl- old played doctor. a crooked investor in trading places yes and gets back on his feet and coming to america hopefully we'll see him again in coming to america too right oh yeah yeah he'll be there this movie we're won- back this movie was written by douglas day stewart who wrote officer and a gentleman and the blue lagoon wow and uh, joe morgenstern who isn't as prolific. He wrote two Law and Orders and then something called Dolly Parton Meets the Kids. So he did it. He did everything he wanted to. This was directed by Randall Kleiser, who directed... Grease. Grease. He also directed Big Top Peewee. Oh, wow. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Okay. Flight of the Navigator. These are big movies. And he also directed The Blue Lagoon. Oh. This movie won one Emmy Award. Okay. Diana Hyland won for Best Supporting Actress and was also nominated in Best Writing for a uh, Drama Special and Best Sound Editing in a Drama or Comedy Special. I guess. Sounded fine on my TV. Now, Mark, this movie isn't necessarily a biopic. It's more inspired by, ripped from the headlines, if you will. Yeah. This was inspired by the case of David Vetter, who was a kid that was born in 1971 with something called severe combined immunodeficiency, mm-hmm. or otherwise referred to as SCIDS. Yep. Uh, this required him to live inside a plastic bubble, a hermetically sealed uh, environment. But not a bubble. Not a bubble. Because a bubble implies It's a like sphere. a big dome. Yeah. No, he just had to be in an enclosed room because your regular day-to-day germs would just wreak havoc with his body because his uh, immune system was so non-functioning that a simple cold could kill him. Right. So he'd have to stay in these very contained environments. And he also uh, eventually was given like a space suit of sorts so that he could go out in public. Right. Uh, Those two elements were enough 
for a entire movie to be written. Well, in 1971, this was a big news story. Like this was a human interest story that people were curious about because they're like, "What does this kid do? Right. How does he? How does he live? How does he can he can only stay in this little sealed room?" And it captured the attention of the country so that they wrote a movie about it five years after the fact. So in 1971, he's born. This premieres in 1976, so he's only five or six years old. Right. But most of the movie takes place when he's a teenager. This character is a teenager. Right. So Skids is incredibly deadly, and no specific cure has been provided. But it's interesting to point out that with with David, the real-life person this is based on, David lived to be 12 years old, and then his um, sister provided him with a bone marrow transplant, right. thinking that that could solve the issue. And they gave him the transplant, and it, his body did not reject it, but in 15 days, he became very deadly sick, and then he died. He so passed. he died at the age of 12, but his case went on to spur the cause for other cases like this like in in terms of cancer where if chemotherapy kills off most of your immune system your white blood cells you have to be in these kind of sealed environments yes we take steps forward now to to try and prevent it same thing with skids though there are other kids who had this disease and bone marrow transplants help them but we've learned that you need to do it very early and there was a case in the 90s where a kid was cured, essentially, by getting an in-uterine bone marrow transplant. It's crazy. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, that we could do that. That a baby isn't even born yet, and yet we can provide them with a bone marrow transplant that'll prevent them from developing this debilitating disease. Yeah. And it's actually really interesting because I think a majority of the popular culture only knows this case through this movie, which... Takes Pri- a pretty good look at what's what this is. Primarily, uh, you mean an optimistic, an optimistic deal? look, but also doesn't it, the main character in this is not seen as a, uh, a a point of comedy, right? Because we mainly know them from there's the episodes in Seinfeld, yes, where George kills the kid, and George the kills bubble, the Bubble Boy, and Bubble Boy, the, the Jake Gyllenhaal yes. film, starring Danny Trejo. Yes, he's in it as well. Families who of kids who have skids are like, I don't appreciate yeah, We do not like this <laughs> portrayal. But doctors now in all 50 states test for skids before a child is born. So right. hopefully they can head this off at the pass. Uh, it's actually incredibly fascinating that all this stuff can get ginned up from some dumb TV movie of the week. Right. But here we are. Mark, that- what did you think this movie was going to be about before you watched it? Andrew, I had heard this mostly as a punchline. This was John Travolta's... This was... I, uh, Welcome Back, Cotter had been on for about a year, you said, one season. So this was one of those things where you probably couldn't get away from John Travolta. He was popular. He's kind of dumb, kind of silly. I was expecting to see more teen angst. Yeah. Anger about being trapped in this plastic bubble. I was expecting more kind of like life. His life would be in danger more often. Yes. Then it ends up in this. He's pretty much okay the whole time. He's fine. He's fine. He's just fine. Maybe, I guess I was, maybe it was all made up. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like, you know, it's like the island. You know, you can't go out there. It's bad stuff out there. Right. But is, is it? Is it? Maybe the real world's out there. Huh? Think huh? about that. It's like Truman Show. I thought there would be a little bit more of that, but 
I thought it would essentially be a guy with an autoimmune disease struggles to figure out what life as a teenager is all about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty close to what it's pretty it is. close. Well, let's dive in. We start Act One. The year is 1959. Doctor Gunther shows up in his big old car. Uh, yes. And he goes and talks to Johnny and Mickey, who are a married couple that, uh, you know, they're loving life. American dream. They've got a house. They've got a, a rake, mm-hmm. right? Andrew, do you remember this? Do you, When doctors would come to your house no. and be like, hey, you're pregnant. See you later. Bye. Uh, yeah, put uh, tear up some rags and, <laughs> and boil some, some water. water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's obviously it works because it's a movie and you want to have this scene where a doctor comes and tells somebody, I went to the doctors recently, got a bunch of blood work done. They were like, you could find your results online. I went online. It's just a bunch of numbers and letters. I was like, what the fuck is this? They said, well, is anything highlighted red? And I said, no. And they said, eh, you're probably fine. <laughs> uh, this, this phone call was $70. Yeah, uh, we're going to call that an hour. Uh, he lets Mickey know, and this is uh, this is um, Ralph Bellamy. Ralph yeah. Bellamy plays the doctor here. He lets Mr. Brady and Diana Highland know that uh, Diana, her character's name is Mickey. Mickey's yeah. pregnant. Mickey does not take the swell. She runs off and she cries. She sits under a tree and cries. Doctor says, uh, you, you know, women, ladies, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, got to go. Uh, sparks up a big old uh, yeah. cigarette. <laughs> he says, give her give her two shots of heroin and uh, call me in nine months. We find out that Mickey had a son before, the year prior, who had died because of a, uh, uh immune deficiency disease. Right. And Mr. Brady says, well, it's a one in four chance that we'd have another son, Another child that would have the exact same thing wrong with them, right? Those and he's are like, good odds. We're bound. He says we're destined to be parents, and even if he has it, it's gonna be okay. All right. We, they've made leaps and bounds in technology in a year. In a year, we now know what we're dealing with. We'll be able to prepare. Right. We'll be living on the moon by the time he's born, anyways. <laughs> we just feed him one single pill, and it'll be all we'll the be day's fine. worth of food. Well, they prepare by uh, going to the hospital, and instead of having her birth in a regular, uh, uh, you know, maternity ward, she's in a operating uh, theater. She's in an operating theater with a bunch of ghouls, <laughs> a bunch of doctors uh, watching this thing happening. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a. Uh, you get the impression that it's like people watching a like, NASCAR like race, the, where they're like, "I want to see something go bad." What's the What's the Colin Farrell show? The Nick. The Nick. Yes. Uh, that's not Colin Farrell. That is some other British guy. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's what I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, people don't, people, there's no, we don't have operating theaters like this anymore. Well, my favorite part about it is Mr. Brady goes in to watch his wife give birth mm-hmm. and the doctor is like, is there anything you want to say to her? And he's like, sure. So he gives him this big, like PA system microphone. Like, I love you. I love you. Do great, honey. And then she's talking back, but it's like, no, no, she doesn't get a microphone. She's a woman. <laughs> you can say whatever you want to her. And she's like, thanks. How do I, put, do I, how do I turn it off? Is it still on? Okay, bye. Some of these nurses got real fine asses, am I right? 
Oh no, she's looking right at me like she could hear me. She could. She couldn't hear me, right? She's not. She. Oh, she looks very upset. Okay, I have to go. Let's give her the gas. Johnny says that he loves his wife, and uh, he instructs the looky-loos, the ghouls in the gallery, to <laughs> Guys, take a hike. get the hell out of here. He's like, you're going to be watching my wife poop, okay? <laughs> Aww, I wanted to see her poop. <sighs> the baby, Todd, mm-hmm. is born and is placed in a plastic box. An uh, incubator. An incubator, you know, like uh, like he's a hen. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a, like he's a preemie. <laughs> the doctor comes in, and he says... Or a velociraptor. Boy, you know that one in four thing? Like, so, 25% is a the, lot larger than you might think it is. Here's the fun thing about odds and statistics. <laughs> 25% chance is still a chance. It's still it's still technically in a pretty good chance. You know, uh, three out of four times, you're going to pull the white right. ticket. But sometimes, you're going to that one in four, you're going to pull it. You're going to pull the wrong ticket. He says that the that Todd is exactly like the first baby, and yeah. that he has this immune deficiency disorder. Doctor Gunther says he will have to stay in a protective environment to live. And Mister Brady says, "For what hours, weeks? weeks? What do we got? Where's the pill stuff? Right. Are we on the moon yet?" And he says, "No, it might be years. He might be at the hospital the enti- his entire life." So. Um, enjoy that. And he strikes up a big, huge cigar. Right. And just walks around. Blows it into the he, incubator. It's a, he puts an, it's a boy cigar right. into Mr. Brady's mouth. <laughs> Mickey uses the gloves in the box to hold her baby and apologizes. Says. She says, so here's the thing. When they said one in four, I was also counting the previous time. So, so I, thought I thought that it was, it was one in eight. Right. But no, there, but it's, no it it's, resets it's like, every time. It's like a time. coin flip. Just because you put... You have twenty heads in a row doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's going to be odds are any different. No, it's, it's always ahead. one. It's, it's always, always one. one and two. One so, and two. Keep that in mind, kid. Andrew, this scene I actually liked. Yes, I thought that a mother holding her baby through these gloves it was very effective. It yes. made it really drew me into the movie, and I think like at this point I was like, oh, I'm I'm invested. I'm invested. I feel in this for movie. these characters. Yes. Four years later, Mickey angrily watches her neighbor uh, play with her baby daughter. <laughs> yeah, real spiteful. Like, you motherfucker. You just you lording it over shit. Me. Just, ooh, you think you're so fucking big with your child that isn't in a plastic box. I wanted her to go over and punch the mother in the face and say, you know why. <laughs> Mr. Brady goes to the hospital and he says, "Well, I'm we're we're gonna we're gonna bring Todd home. I don't care how it's done. We're gonna bring him home." Yeah. At the hospital, Todd and Mr. Brady three play through the uh, plastic screen, and the Mickey shows up, and uh, she offers some hugs. So the, these parents are trying to bond with their child, even though there's a they've huge, never been able to touch him. Uh, in real life. There's a big plastic, plastic barrier between yes. the two of them. A little later, Todd, Mickey, and Johnny. Bring Todd home in his large plastic box. Right. They so show they have up. set up. They have set up a thing inside the house that is similar to the hospital setup, where it's like it's sealed off in plastic. Mm-hmm. It's a room. It's across the hall from the fam- from the parents. Uh, in order to get him home, they have to put him into a slightly larger box in the back of an ambulance, <laughs> and that and ambulance then is home. then loaded into a tractor into an trailer, even bigger yes. box, and then all of it per- just sealed, just nothing but plastic. It's- right. It's actually quite impressive. A bunch of press ghouls are on the front lawn, want some shots of this freak. Right. 
And he says, don't they? And they're like, they're real, real assholes to the dad. They're like, so how do you feel about having a freak as a kid? He's like, uh, does it uh, make you feel any less man that uh, your your child obviously isn't as uh, as uh, able-bodied as the rest of us? Is that something that uh, you think about nightly, you know, before you go off to bed? Uh, uh, the ladies are talking, sir. Uh, uh, do you have any comment on your tea? Yes, we, we must know. We must know about <laughs> your tea. He tells them to fuck off. Right, Me- so. Meanwhile, a little the little girl next door, Gina, right, the run one that the mom, the one that Mickey uh, shoved dirt in her face. She said, like, "Eat it up, you fucking garbage. monster." Gina runs up to the plastic box and puts her hands on it and uh, looks at Todd, and Todd looks back at her. I thought this was really sweet. I yeah. thought this was really sweet and beautiful. And I was like, at that point, I think I was like, I am deep into this movie. Two four year old kids. He's never seen another child in his life. Mm-hmm. There's youthful childish innocence to it all and they're they see through the plastic all right (laughs) okay (laughs) get off my ass johnny and mickey then check all the equipment to make sure that todd doesn't die in the middle of the night they've got a generator they've got a backup generator they've got wires and tubes and hoses all leading into todd's little environment uh, and uh, a couple of his toys in there. Finally, once they've got that all set, they're like, they oh. go back to their bedroom. Time they pop to, open. Time to make another time. one. <laughs> they, now uh, the odds are one in 16. <laughs> think about it. They uh, pop open a bottle of champagne, and they say, our son's finally home, and then we hear Todd choking in the other room. They right. run back in. They think they haven't set up the ventilation correctly, but it turns out that the this dumb dangus ate a eye off a teddy bear and is now choking on it could have happened to anybody any kid any dumb dangus would have some dumb baby just being like this looks edible i'll eat this so this leads to a kind of horrifying shot where they're holding the kid up through the plastic gloves there are plastic and they're smacking this four-year-old on the back and i was like oh god this is horrifying drop it drop it what's in your mouth what's in your mouth show me your mouth drop it did you eat a quarter no (laughs) scurries away into the corner yeah yes they have to smack the back of uh, the back of him in order to get him to cough up this eye of this teddy bear so finally he does and they're like they're like wouldn't that be they look at each other like wouldn't that be something (laughs) choked to death on a dumb button (laughs) it's yeah it's it's a dumb it's not chicken pox that takes him out it's a dumb fucking button the neighbors arrive a little later with Gina to give Todd a welcome home present. Gina and Todd play a little bit because Todd's obviously interested in the fact that he's never seen another another kid before. Right. He thinks the world is nothing but adults and that you live inside of a Everyone lives inside of a glass life. house, yes. That's what he thinks. He doesn't get it. Gina licks the glass. Twelve years later, Gina and some dirtbags get off the school bus and they head around back of her house to go smoke. You right. Know? Go smoke at the lake. Todd watches from uh, the second story of his house and with Creepily. binoculars. Gina says that Todd is always, she's like, that's where old man Todd lives. <laughs> that's where the creep in the bubble lives. He's always watching He's always us. watching TV, but she's also says, I always think that he's always watching me because he's a weird creepo. Right. And he's got like a, like a rat friend. I like that she says, he's only, I feel like he's watching me. And then the very next shot is... Him His with binoculars, binoculars staring at her. I'm like, not always watching you. I'm watching you. 
Inside, Todd, we see that Todd is now a teenager. He's 16. John Travolta. 17 years old. Andrew, did you notice that the the two dudes that she goes to smoke with are the most 70s dudes you've ever seen? (laughs) They're these, like, white guys with He-Man hair. hair, Blonde, yes, and... Like big open polos and yeah, it's, yeah, the uh, shortest shorts and <laughs> t-shirt uh, button downs that are all the way open. Mark, that was cool. It right? was cool. It was cool. I'm jealous. It is what is I'm saying. Cool is what I'm yeah. saying. We see that Todd's habit trail has grown. All right, he's got his ba- he's got his own like mini apartment in there. Yeah, it's bigger than my fucking place. Much who's bigger. The, who's the one living in a plastic bubble now, Mark? Huh? Think huh? about it. Andrew, uh, if I went on Craigslist and saw that somebody was selling a plastic bubble inside of their apartment for like under two grand, I'd be like, "That's a deal. That's well, a deal." Right it's there. like that. Uh, it's like that Twilight Zone, right? With the pig faces. No, where the there's a guy that talks a lot. A guy that makes a bet. Yes, I know. And the so the the guy he makes the bet with builds like a glass enclosure. A glass enclosure inside of a inside. Uh, club inside of their because they're like members of this old country yes. club. And so he has to just watch him constantly in this glass to make sure that he never speaks. Yes, because he made a big wager that he couldn't go a full year without talking. And then the big reveal at the end. Is that cut out his tongue? He cut out his vocal cords. But ah, but the, the, the real twist, twist is that the other guy never had the money. <laughs> I'm broke. I ain't got no money. It's a gag, man. I thought we were funning. No, this points this out- habit trail is he's got like a sink and he's got a bedroom and he's got the TV, just, just a ton of stuff, in drafting there. board. She points out that he has a friend rat that lives in another plastic habit trail. Ah, you see, visual is here. Yeah, right? visual thematically elements. Doctor Gunther arrives and tries to talk with Todd, and he suggests that there's some research that's being done in China or one of those foreign countries. He's, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes it's Russia, sometimes it's China, sometimes it's the Philippines. He's like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, it's looking good that uh, maybe you don't have to live inside this thing anymore. But Todd, uh, Todd doesn't seem interested in it. He's like, uh, I don't know. Ooh, yeah. I'm a dumb teenager. Dr. Gunther says that this is, you're you fucking puss. You big puss. <laughs> he basically calls him a puss because he's like, you are using any excuse you can to prevent from going out of this thing and growing up. Right. Getting out there in the world. Todd says, you know, I don't hate it in here as much as you think I do. Then Dr. Gunther leaves, and Todd's like, man, that, what a lie that was. Man, I do hate it in here. <laughs> how, how fucking stupid does he have to be to believe that? You think Dr. Gunther leaves, and he's like, I don't know, man. He looks happy in there. He's, he seems fine. He loves it. He he ha- he looks in his car, and there's like a syringe that says miracle cure, and he's like, I don't <laughs> no, think no, he no. needs it. <laughs> Back in the box, that yeah. goes. No, he throws it out and runs it over. The family eats dinner together. Johnny says... Mr. Brady says that the school board, some massive donor, has given them a closed-circuit television system that might allow Todd to attend classes through closed-circuit television. Uh, This upsets Todd. Which seems, it's so, like, advanced, and they spend so much time explaining this system, and now, now, a mere 40 years later, it's like, this is how most people go to school. Yeah. This is how most people go to college. Just telecommute, or just get pre-taped uh, lectures yeah yes todd seems upset about this because he doesn't like the idea of of being pulled outside of his of his, his little plastic zone. bubble however he looks up out the window and sees gina 
uh, riding a horse. She, no, something. no, she's she like opens the window, the, oh, the yeah. window blinds, and then like starts putting on lotion. And he's like, oh yeah, he's like, yeah. It's the 70s. It's okay. You can just stand in front of an open window and put on lotion all day. And I can watch you. It's fine. So this this spurs Todd to seemingly go along with this because the closed-circuit television gets installed into one of the classrooms at the local high school that Gina happens to be in. Right. And we see that, boy, through the power of technology, John Travolta is telecommuting to his high school homeroom through a huge, bulky CRT TV and, and a gigantic robo cam. Uh, robo cam. Andrew, what's hilarious to me is that they did it. They set this up wrong. Yes, I've been, they set up the TV behind the teacher's desk, making him the focal point yes. of everything. And it's like, no, if he's going to be a kid, put him put him in, in the back the of the class. Yes, they they set the. But instead, they set it in perfect position so that he can perv on. The girl. Yeah, so he can Anytime look at he, wants. he can look at every single person in the class because he's at the head of the class and he's just like big brother up there yeah. just watching everybody. Freedom just... <laughs> we've, is peace. We've always been at war with Eurasia. He then uses this uh closed circuit camera to zoom in on Gina. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a perv. He's, he's a, a perv. He's a, weird perv. He's a 1976 perv. <laughs> the 76 models have come out even pervier. <laughs> The teacher starts asking the class uh, a question, and uh, just like the classic trope of showing that this person knows what they're talking about, okay, he mm-hmm. asks a question, all these dummies in the class don't know anything, but then he asks Todd through the power of television, and then I'm surprised he wasn't like, what was that? You're on a, you're on a delay. Did, did you, ooh, ooh, did you, did you, a- did, did you ask about FDR? Yes. Did you ask about FDR? Yes! <laughs> so he gets the answer right. So he knows the stuff. Well, but, but then... Weird, weirdly, the I was like, this this test seems easy because it's all just slogans, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, He's like, it was like, what did FDR call his new campaign? And they're like, the New Deal. And I was like, that's, the pol- that's what you want to teach the kids? Yeah, you know, we're teaching the kids. You want to know about policy? The kids alphabet are... Alphabet soup. The kids are screwing around during this lecture... But then as soon as the teacher's turn, back is turned, Todd also uses the opportunity to goof around as well. He puts on some Groucho glasses. Yeah, and, do some crowd work. You know, he's just having fun up there. Anybody from out of town? <laughs> he's like, I might just be ahead in a TV, but, uh, you know, we got any, uh, got any newlyweds in the crowd? You know, dating is so hard nowadays. You know, I was at the airport the other day. <laughs> You guys been there? Went to the bank. Oh, man. They spend a lot of time talking about how long it takes to sterilize things. So I just like to imagine the conversation that he had with his dad where he was like, I need Groucho glasses. And his dad was like, all right, I'll run it through the the sterilizer machine, runs it through, pulls it out. They check it. He's like, nah, there's still something in the mustache. Got to run that again. And Todd's like, come on, homeroom's in an hour. He's like, man, it's like this bit. All right, this bit's got to work. All right. I set it up yesterday. I said to everyone, I'm like, wait till you see what's going to happen during the lecture. All right. They're expecting something big. I said, I'll give you a hint. Guess the magic word and you get to split $100. (laughs) Gina heads over to Todd's at uh, her parents' request to ask Todd about a 4th of July party. Because now, I guess school's over. 
I guess, yeah, where time is flying by. And the kids are out smoking out back, and they look up and they say, well, they should at least take this poor fucking sap to the beach. And Gina's parents are like, go ask the poor fucking sap if they will take him to the beach. And then Gina's like, why don't you ask him? And she's like, because you're his peer, just, and it'll mean a lot to him. do it. I don't have to explain He's it to you. He's stuck in a plastic bubble, for Christ's sake. Just ask him to come to the beach. So she goes over there in her bikini... To uh, talk with Todd, Todd gets like a boner. It's like a knit bikini. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that really weird. Seventies like crocheted bikini look that was very popular. So uh, Todd he, gets a boner. He gets a boner. He talks to a high. Sc- he talks to a teenage girl for the first time. Right? Is that the implication? Is that he's never talked to a teenage girl before? Well, no, because she's been to his birthday parties. Those are the, those are oh, the things right. that he, yeah. she goes to. But Todd gets a boner, basically looking at Gina in a bikini. There's a cheat here, however. He explains his little habit trail setup. Oh, yeah. But then at the front of the habit trail, there is a big open doorway. Yes. There's no door. There's no airlock. And Gina says, well, what's up with this shit? And he's like, oh, there's a bunch of fans that are in here that are blowing the germs yeah. out. There's circulated air that's nothing can come in. Nothing microscopic can come in because the fans are blowing. And you know there's fans because there's little streamers. Yeah, there's little streamers, and we see his hair kind of like waving around. And I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. Just that is that is covered in poop. These germs aren't (laughs) trying hard enough. Yeah, it's a it's a cheat, just so you which makes me wonder, like, you'd think that there would be well, I guess it would be harder to carry on a conversation if it was completely sealed. Why not put a big door there so you can make... We know it's going to build to some point where he decides to leave the thing. Or she goes in. Or she goes in. So you have that hand on the door, like... (sighs) Big moment, yeah. As opposed to, there's a piece of tape on the floor, and he's like, if I cross (laughs) that piece of tape, I'll I'll die. die. And she's like, can I go in there? And he's like, no, No. you'll kill me. It's a piece of tape. Yeah. Gina invites him to the party regardless. We move on. Act two. We're at the beach. The party's happening. Oh, it's going off. It's getting wild. This is a crazy Fourth of July beach party. There's sparklers. There's a horse. Somebody's got a like a a boom box. Yes. There's people grilling hot dogs. Someone's got one of those big huge beach dune buggies. Yes. Yeah, Gina's got a fucking horse as well, which goes to show you. We ain't talking about uh, yeah. this. The, not, they, 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 this ain't a charity case over oh here. No. She's got money. I think my favorite thing about this shot was about this sequence. Actually, there's a couple of things that I loved. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I love is that there's this big doom buggy with a big CB radio antenna coming out the back. In one shot, Gina has like a hero's entrance, like she's in Lord of the Rings or something, yeah. where she rides up on the horse. Yeah, she's coming into Helm's Deep. And she sees... She's not Gina the Gray anymore. Yeah. She's Gina, Gina the, white. the White. Very white. Uh, <laughs> it was the 70s, folks. Yeah. Todd is sitting in a portable plastic bubble, and <laughs> he sees her ride up on this horse, and because of the positioning, and probably because the quality of the televisions at the time, you wouldn't notice this, but it looks like the horse has the antenna from the thing <laughs> coming out of its ass. So I'm like, oh, it's a remote-controlled horse. Yeah. No, she t- she just likes to talk to truckers that are going uh, yeah, by just... when she's riding. Come on back she's there. She's like, oh, it's all the way open down to the Big Apple, Sin City. Come on back. Lord almighty, looks like we got a convoy. <laughs> convoy horses. 
Uh, We're going to take these horses rocking through the night. So Todd is like, hey, I'm here like you wanted me to be. And she says, yep. She's like, oh, you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go not be in a bubble. Now, Todd gets overly affectionate here. And he says, man, I love your horses. And I love you riding your horses. Todd is very. I just love everything about what I'm seeing here. Todd is very genuine. He's very very, sincere. He doesn't doesn't know how to play it. John Travolta cool. Doesn't have any sarcasm in his voice. Uh, He just just lays all his cards on the table. Gina says. Don't say that you love things. And he's like, why? Because <laughs> like, it's weird. And she says, she's like, because you look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he learned a lesson that day. And then she rides <laughs> off into the sunset. Never tell a woman your feelings in the slightest. Because <laughs> you look stupid. Uh, solid advice, Andrew. Andrew and I were talking about this before. Andrew's feelings about this character, Gina, are mixed. I... Sh- it's, but it's I, not as cut and dried as I thought it was going to be. Maybe that's what I'm bumping on. Every, everything that she says is true, though. Never tell a woman exactly how you feel, because you'll look like an idiot. I mean, John Travolta, I mean, Todd in this circumstance is coming on strong, but he's, he's all he's got are his words. He's, he's stuck in a bubble. He's also excited to be there because he's probably never been to the beach. Right. Or if he has, it's been a big hassle. Now he thinks that he has all these friends that are here. Somebody wanted him to be here. And that wasn't he's, he's his got mom a goddamn or his dad. Horse in front of him, and he's like, "I love all this. This, yeah, is, this great. is amazing." He's like, you know, back in my day, uh, you know, we used to we used to not have horses uh, with CB antennas. Uh, you know, this is wild, this is wild stuff. <laughs> we, you got, you got an electric horse. <laughs> We used to call them motorcycles. Now you got an electric, electric horse. horse. So, Andrew, now we're coming up on a great moment in All right. this movie. So, uh, night again, falls. Just, just back and forth. At night, Todd watches the scene, the, the kids having fun from his little box. His, the dirtbag friends from earlier are like, man, what a weirdo. And they bet Gina $2. Two bucks. To hold his hand during the fireworks. She, she's game. Just readily accepts. She's like, she's like, fuck yes. Two bucks? Give in, me the money now. In 1976, that's like a year's worth of gas. <laughs> so she goes over and she's like. She holds his hand. She's like, hey, Todd. And Todd's like, who, who, what are you doing here? And she says, I want to hold your hand during the fireworks. And Todd says, uh, okay. Okay. Why are you holding my hand? And she's like, uh, maybe I like you. I don't know. And he says, is this a thing? And she's like, hold my hand and find out. All right. So they hold each other's hand during the fireworks, and Todd's really into it, because even though she's holding his hand through this gloved box, it's like one of the first chances of human contact that he's had his entire life that doesn't involve his parents. Or his doctor. So then... (laughs) <laughs> so then the fireworks go off. Yeah, she's <laughs> counting the money in her head. She's like one dollar, two dollars. Oh, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as the fireworks are over, she like lets go and sprints away. Right, and, and he watches as she's like, "Give me my money, asshole!" <laughs> a piece of shit. And then they give him the money. They give her the money, and then Todd is like, "Wait, what?" What's going on? Why, why did why did you why did you leave suddenly and why did they give you money? And why are you guys laughing? So pointing at me. What is the joke? Is there a fun did you see a funny thing on TV? Yeah. Is there a funny Roan and Martin on tonight? Did, did somebody put a Garfield on my <laughs> on my plastic thing again? 
And she says, this, she goes back up to him and she's like, it was a gag, it man. It was a goof. <laughs> At your expense. <laughs> we were having fun. We were playing with your feelings. It was a bet, man. I can't hold your hand. Don't you get it? I'm Gina. I'm Gina. And you're the guy in the bubble. And they gave me the money. And she's like, it was $2. What, what, do you, what am I supposed to not, not hold your hand? Not, not break your heart? And he's like, he freaks out. He freaks out. He and he's throws like, I can't breathe. Take fit. me to the fucking hospital. And he starts slamming his fist. Yes. And Andrew. And so every and so they they like load up the box and they like take him to the hospital. And then Gina just gets on her horse and she's like, All right, bye. Time to buy some oats. <laughs> Two dollars. Time to buy some D batteries to put in this electric horse. <laughs> Andrew, I loved this. This was the scene when I texted you and I was like, I love this movie. This is incredible. I don't know what the the motivation. Okay, when I was in high school, I didn't live in a plastic bubble, but there were girls. I, well, not a physical plastic bubble. Yes, a, it was a more of, your, of my of own your mind. neuroses and insanity. But there was a girl, or many girls rather, who were like, "Yeah, I guess I like him. I guess I'll hang out with him, but I don't really want to be with him." And I, the first like two times it happened, I didn't get it and I didn't understand. And now that I'm an adult and I can look back on it, I'm like, yeah, you're a teenager. You're trying to figure out what you like, what you want to do. Right. You but, don't really care that other people have feelings. But these are, this is like the, the lead of your movie that you're supposed to be sympathetic towards that like Todd, she is, Todd has been pining for her this entire time because she's basically the only link that he has to anyone his to age. Humanity. Yes. Yes. And so maybe the emotion is misplaced, but this is the one thing that he has to hold on to. It's the thing that spurred him to start exploring the outside world. Yes. her. But she does. But she shows up. She takes $2 from her dirtbag friends, (laughs) leads this guy on, and then runs away. She's like, it's a fucking gag. It's a gag, you idiot. We're having a goof, you dumb idiot. You're in a box. What am I supposed to do? Get... Get another box? Yeah. Then Dang. then two of us are in boxes. Then we're What's both that in boxes. We, it's too many boxes. You got this one box too many right now. Yeah. All right. I got to go. Plays polo. <laughs> so I. She represents. I hate. I don't like this character. I don't. It's it's almost like. It's almost she like. Doesn't, it's oh, almost like. I'll tell you what it's like. Tell me what it's, it's like. like. It's tell like me. Jenny from Forrest Gump. What about her? That like. Jenny has a ton of problems. Yes. And Forrest she can, wants to be a bird so that she can fly, fly far away. Jenny, uh, Forrest continually pines after her, but it it's supposed to be romantic. But when you look at it again, you're like, oh, it's just a toxic relationship. What I like is that in both cases, the woman doesn't owe affection to the man. You're right. Just you, because he likes no, her. No, you're absolutely right. She can be, she has her, she, she's but her own person. You have to understand how make, shitty that is. Yes. 16 year olds do shitty things. I understand that. But if, Almost as, a, exclusively. as a main character in a movie that we're supposed to sympathize with and see that this person is the link here and she doesn't owe him anything. Right. But. But it gets, you know what? It gets. They owe her two bucks. <laughs> she so, did it. She held his hand. Yeah. But it's also it's infuriating because this is it's not it, if if this were a simpler movie, which it's not. It's not. She would have done this. Realized. Oh fuck! 
and then come back around and learn the error of her ways. She does eventually. Kind of, but not. Yes, she's allowed to make mistakes. You're right. He's allowed to also because he's also making mistakes. He's overly emotional. He's he's he he doesn't understand that because he's never been in social situations like this, that there is you can't be running at 100 percent emotionally all the time. So just because someone is affectionate towards you doesn't mean that they love you. Right. Also, if you have the opportunity to do a good goof, I mean that's fu- you're going to take it. It's funny. You're going to take that. I'm telling you, chance. I'm telling you right now. It's it's funny. Like <laughs> you oh, yeah, you got dummy, him. The you dummy, fucking, they fucking likes him. They, they fucking got him. All right. <laughs> he got got. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a bubble. What everybody saw. Everybody saw. Everybody saw. There's no this. angle where you couldn't see no, it. No, he can't hide. It's hilarious. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll admit, it's a fun goof. Yeah. Well, they take him to the hospital. <laughs> they take him to a hospital, and they're like, big baby got his heart broken. <laughs> big fucking piss baby is filling his box with piss. Yeah. He's going to drown in, in there. his own piss and tears. At the hospital, he gets put to a new wing that is these multiple hermetically sealed environments. So he gets put it's in an one apartment, basically. But he's told that he has he now has a neighbor. Now you got a neighbor. And this guy, this, this fucking goof, this, this weirdo, doughy, goofy goof named Roy. Roy lives next door to Todd, and they have a window that separates them. And Roy's like, "Oh man, I'm so excited to see somebody." Some he's like, "I'm excited to see somebody my age," and Todd's like. Oh, I completely get it now. Yeah. Like, I hate oh, this. I, I hate this guy. Is this what I'm like? <laughs> because Roy rushes up and and he explains that he's like, "Tell me about the world. Tell me about yourself." He explains that he's had he had a brain tumor and, and the chemo has killed his, his immune white blood cells, and so now he has to be in here until he's stronger again to leave. Right. But get used to this character because he's going to be around. He's going to be while. forever. We're going to see him. He's he's the rock standing next to Todd when he gets his heart broken. Yeah. Roy is like, I have a bunch of questions I need to ask you. We're going to be best friends forever. This is like camp. Todd's like, oh, uh-huh. and he shuts, shuts the, the blinds. <laughs> and then Roy just out piss babies the piss baby. Well, no, he asked by crying a bunch. He asked Todd. He's like, Todd, can I at least ask you one question? Todd's yeah. like, all right, fucking fine. What? And Roy asks, how when do you start to like being in this situation? Todd thinks about it and he starts to get emotional and he's like, I'm not answering that question. Then Roy. Next, next question. Next question. In next the back. Question. That's an unfair question. Next question. You know that's unfair. That's unfair. Shame on you, Jim Acosta. <laughs> Laura. Laura from Fox News right here. No. Uh, Roy doesn't get his answer, his question <laughs> answered. And he starts crying. And he, starts, he flips out. He like, he's like, you're mean. And he jumps into bed and puts a pillow over his face and screams and right. thrashes around. And Todd flings open the blinds, and he's like, all right, we're friends. Fine. God, Jesus. stop crying, you piss, baby. He opens up the, the blinds, and it's just filled. We just see just, just, well, he's just seven feet of piss. He's just, like, geez, it's like, a, it's like somebody held your hand for $2, and then, oh. oh I get it okay. now. That is funny. That is funny. That is good. <laughs> they got I me. do like Got him. We got like him. That. Later, we see the two riding stationary bikes next to each other. Now we're coming up on we're coming up on probably the, the high water mark the of this movie. Scene of the movie. Uh, they talk about wanting to fuck. All right. <laughs> well, Roy talks about how much he wants to fuck. Roy's like, I and just. He's like, his, I've been in here and I get to see all my friends getting out there, just getting fucking. 
deep, all right? Yeah. Just rolling in there. Messing up some just guts. Just getting just all in the guts. Now, Andrew. And here I am, looking like some fucking asshole, crying to you, my best friend in the world. Don't forget that. You're all I've got. He sa- Roy says, when I get out of here, I'm going to get me a hooker. And Todd says, aren't you worried about the germs? And Roy says, I want the germs. I want to get dirty. I want to get filthy. <laughs> Fucking filthy. And <laughs> I am shocked that this made air. Yes. Because his description of what he wants is so He's graphic. Like, give, give me that ooey gooey. <laughs> that gushy stuff. Yes, exactly. It's like, I'm like. I was like, what the fuck? Where was the network censor during this scene? Because you keep thinking that you expect it He's to like, be- I want to go and I want to look like a thirsty bulldog down there. <laughs> and you it's expect it like, to be Jesus Christ. more like implicit. But he talks about how he wants to go down on a prostitute. Yeah, he's like, while they're riding like, bicycles. Just chomping up like a fucking vulture. <laughs> I'm out there just, oh. It's so gross. And then just to. Just eating roast beef sandwiches all day. <laughs> just to you bring, get what I'm saying, Todd? Just to bring the movie back to balance. Yeah. just Todd <laughs> says, hey, do you ever jerk off? No. He, no, he no, says, no, do you ever do it? Do you, it the, yeah. He has, gets a smile on his face. And he's like, hey, Todd, I got a question to ask you. Do you know, do you ever, you know, and then Todd says all the time. And the two of them are like, hell yeah. (laughs) And then then we go to commercial. Yeah. And I'm like, what (laughs) happened? What the fuck happened to this movie? Yeah. How many times when you were in high school did you talk with your male friends about beating off all all the time? 100% of the time. Uh, Most most conversations were beating off related. Either you were currently beating off or you were talking about, about beating, beating off. off. Or I was on my way to beat off. <laughs> I can't talk now. Got something to take care of. I saw a very suggestive tree outside. But okay? I, guess, I guess that's the most confusing part is that his description of going down on this prostitute <laughs> is wow, so dirty and disgusting. But the censors had to have been like, well, you can't say beat off. And they're like, you're right. You're, you're right. right. They that's should gross. just a coy smile and say, do you ever? They can, be talk- you know. they can be talking about anything. They can be talking about smoking weed. They can be talking about pooping. We don't know. Yeah. Riding this bicycle. We then cut. <laughs> so then we go to commercial, and when we come back, yes, we come back. Gina we never see Roy again. Roy is gone. He Roy has been jettisoned presumably, into into Hooker Valhalla. Presumably. He was fucked to death. <laughs> he became what he always wanted to be—a fucked to death pile of dead shit. Just a skeleton, just going down, da- going to town. Pro- on a paid a prostitute to poop on him, <laughs> and he died instantly. He died poop. Rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> right. He went just like he always wanted to, covered in a hooker's feces, <laughs> eating out an asshole of a prostitute. What a movie! This, yeah, this this movie is. Obviously, at this point, one of my top ten. We see Gina is making out with her boyfriend, but when on she the couch. Se- when she sees uh, Todd on the TV, she's like, "Oh, I gotta watch this." Todd is meeting special guest star Buzz Aldrin. He walked on the moon. Ding dong! Who could that be? Why it's number two, astronaut Buzz Aldrin. 
Buzz Aldrin explains that, wow, this hermetically sealed bubble is uh, just like the space module that I was in when I went to the moon. And the two of them discuss how they have to keep their environments germ-free like they do in space. Right. And I don't know. You and I are very similar. Buzz Aldrin. I'm an astronaut. And you've never left your home. So I guess we're completely different. Also, have you talked to that Roy kid? Man, Man, he's got some weird ideas. (laughs) Just very upsetting drawings he has over there. He asked if Neil and I jerked off on the moon. (laughs) And we did, but you you don't want to be asked about about it. We see that the two of them are kindred spirits. There's Buzz similarities Aldrin, in some Buzz ways. Aldrin gives him a picture, a signed picture for, of him on the on the set of uh, 2001 A Space yes. Odyssey. <laughs> you can see him and Kubrick just <laughs> arm in arm. Uh, watching at home, Gina tells her dirtbag boyfriend that, uh, hey, you know, it's, it's... We can't make out when he's on the TV. I it's, have to watch... It feels like I'm at school. <laughs> I feel like he's going to put funny glasses on. And I got to see I that. I, I love that, that bit. I love it. I Andrew, what- the boyfriend feels like she's getting sweet on old Todd. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, he's a weirdo that in a plastic thing that just jerks off all the time. So no, but she feels bad for him. You were gonna say something. I was confused because when this scene starts, it's just two white people making out on a couch, and I was certain it was his, uh, Todd's dad and mom, and they forgot that Todd was gonna be on television. Because all you see is like, faces rubbing oh, together. Oh, sh- oh <laughs> shit. Oh, his thing's on. His oh, thing's on. His thing. I wondered where he was. Johnny, Mr. Brady, walks uh, around uh, Todd's school, but she, he gets stopped by Gina. Gina pops up and she says, hey, what are you doing here? And he says, oh, I got to get Todd's dumb books and set up this closed circuit TV horse shit. Who the fuck knows? I have a job, you realize. It's Does like, anybody know it? Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> I don't know what I do, but apparently I'm doing this instead. Gina suggests that maybe she could take care of getting the books for Todd and getting his homework, which seems charitable, right? Yeah, it's she like feels bad. She feels bad that she fucked with them. When and they were sent them to the young, dumb, dumb teenagers, so, but now they've grown that was a back bit. in July. That was in July. Now starting up again in September, October ish. You know, we've all had some time to think. So she she goes down that charitable route, and then right at the last minute, takes a ninety degree turn, and then hits Mister Brady up for money. And it's like, and maybe we could throw a little scratch into it. You know, pay me for my services, and. And Mr. Bray's like, all right. Yeah, now I trust you. You got yourself a deal. So are we supposed to sympathize with her? She Is she like playing it and then backing off? It'd be one thing. It would be one thing if they had this conversation and she went up and ran up to him and was like, hey, I need to talk to you about this. I want to help out Todd. And then she was getting peer pressure from her other dirtbag friends that were like, why do you want to hang out with that fucking weirdo? And then she told them that it was because she was being paid? And then No, she says loud enough so that they overhear it, and why didn't you throw in some money for me? Yeah. And then he's like, okay. So now she, like, looks cool. They're like, oh, it's a job. Okay, I understand. But then either she, I don't know. You don't have to play, you don't have to paint her. This is a realistic character. She's selfish. She's weird. Yes. She's got all these problems. But in a movie of the week, I'm having trouble following. Is she? What are her intentions? Because she's like, I'm broke. I want money. But I do like him. But I'm going to take this money to help him out. But 
I, I again, I, I, it's it muddies the waters when she does this. Yes, it's complex. It's confused. It's. I thought that it was how she got. I thought that it was like an even darker statement about Mr. Brady. Because he doesn't really buy that she wants to help. And he's defending his kid because he's like, last time you were around my kid, he had to go to the hospital for like a day Mm -hmm. because of your selfish bullshit. But when she says, well, it's all about the money. And he's like, oh, I understand that. (laughs) We're all in this workaday world. (laughs) Yeah. That's what that's what it's doing the finger thing. It's the finger thing means of the taxes. Gina shows up on her dumb horse and brings Todd his books and shit. But he's not happy to see her. Is like, and oh, a, a deer that she killed. It's that woman that broke my fucking heart because of a really good goof. It was, like a, good a, goof. It was a good goof. I, I'm not knocking the goof. I, I'm just saying maybe it was ill-timed. I did the same thing with Roy. I held his hand. <laughs> and then, then I walked away. I, was like, I walked a away and a nurse, gave, a goof, a nurse gave me two bucks. It was great. Gina admits that she's being paid. So she's right up front. She's like, your dad's paying me. Right. To be your friend. But she says, uh, but I suggested it. Right. To be paid. <laughs> so this is a, okay. Okay. All right. Now, hold now on Now I can explain. Now, now hold on. Now, I know you're very confused, but here, I, I want to be helping you. Money is usually involved if I'm doing something for you. So, yes. <laughs> keep that in mind. I just want you to think about that. Gina says that she feels bad. You know, she wanted to make it up to him. But what at the same she time. she also get a little cash. She's like, why? And this this appeases Todd. Yes. She's, she's like, everybody I, is so pro capitalism. They're like, oh, well, you got to get paid. She's like, I want to help you and I feel bad. And why not get a little get my, beer money? Get, get a little scratch on the side myself. And so this puts Todd a, says, well, thanks for being This honest. puts a big smile on Todd's face and he's like, oh, work in the system. But it's also like, that's your parents. Like, yeah. you're, you're sc- my who, dad. Who are you scamming here? Who's the scam on? Is it me? Like, you're taking money out of my parents' hands to take care of me with, for something that you would do right. for free. When but, it seems like every dollar that they have goes to keeping me alive. But that's cool. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Way to soak them. <laughs> you, <laughs> the, you got them. It's the 70s. I'm a creep. You're a creep. Everybody in this country is a creep. They discuss uh, how Todd cannot shower, but Todd says, don't worry, it doesn't smell inside this bubble because there are no germs, which I call bullshit on. Oh, big time. <laughs> I'm like, that guy, that guy is... Uh, He's jerking off in every corner. Yes, of his exactly. Room. Trying to tell me that uh, it doesn't just smell like fucking sweat and cum in there <laughs> yeah. all day, uh, which... It, it, that's any teenage boy's room, by the uh, way. Yes. It's literally every single teenage boy's room. No, this reminded me of when my brother Michael told me that I needed to start wearing deodorant. And I was like, but I don't smell. And he was like, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I'm yeah, talking to you? Fucking stink. Why do you think I'm telling you right now? Put on deodorant. Todd then preps himself with some nice clothes because he's waiting for Gina to come by come after by the next classes. Day. So you know, he... to give me my fucking homework. She doesn't show up. No. So this is my favorite part is she it's a job and then she blows <laughs> it off. Yes. The next day, Gina shows up and Todd's mad. He's like, you didn't show up. What I'm, the fuck? I'm late with my homework because yeah. you, you fucking dicked around with somebody. <laughs> Gina says, well, the reason I didn't show up is because I'm flunking all my classes except for art. And I had to rewrite a term paper and everyone's on my fucking case. 
and I don't need it from you, all right? Yeah. You take your blood money. It's bad she enough. Puts, she puts the money on the ground, and then she picks it back up and puts it slowly she's back like, up. like, do you want your money? I'll give you your money. And he's like, yes. And she says, okay, because I'm going to. I'm going to do it. He's right, like, we'll put it on the table. <laughs> you, I mean, you'd like that, I, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah, I would like the money that you stole from my father, please. Todd offers to tutor Gina. Right. So now Todd wants her to pay him. Yeah, which I feel like that's a joke. He's joking there, but she's literally, you know, they're like, <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to give you a fucking cent. <laughs> no dice. Uh, Gina then... <laughs> Gina then asked Todd about her hair. Okay, so now this... You like it out? God, this is... You like okay. it down? So Todd's like, all right, I'll help you out. I will tutor you. So now Todd's doing something for her. Yes. So then she turns around and she's like, Todd, and come, walks over to the bubble very suggestively. And she's like, do you like my hair up or do you like it down? And she's like, because personally, I like it down. And then she says, you think I'm beautiful, don't you? Todd's like, yes. yes. And she she's like, I think I'm beautiful, too. And I'm sitting there going like, all right, what is your motive here? Are you actually she, fucking with this kid? She likes to, she likes to mess with this kid? No, everybody likes to know that they're attractive. I assume it's never happened to me. But like Todd's, but she's figuring out what her body is like, and it's what like its effect it's like on win, men. It's like winning the lottery, you know? Yeah, it's like fun I to think, think about, about it. Like somebody it's never comes up to you and it's me. like, "Hey, you're looking good today." But yeah, but like you know, it's you, you know, you're never going to own a Maserati. No one's ever going to tell you you look nice. No. I mean, these are things that these, yeah. these are what rich people get. No, this is why we go to the movies so that we can see what this is like. <laughs> And imagine to, us in their shoes. Yes, to imagine someday being like confident enough to walk up to somebody and being like, "What do you think? How do you think I look?" Because you know that they're going to tell you something positive, <laughs> as opposed to me, where I'm like, "How do you think I look?" And they're like, "So your how's leukemia treating you? Because you look bad." I'm sorry to hear about the prognosis. I, I see the I see the operation was not a success. Gina just wants Todd. This is oh no, because she okay okay. Because she walks over and she says, you think I'm beautiful, don't you? Todd says, yes, yes, I do. Gina says, yes, I know I'm beautiful. Then he says, "We can, I can tutor you. And then she says, why don't you help me cheat instead? Yes. And Todd's like, okay. okay. So during this test, Todd flips answers over on his like whiteboard. Poorly. He poorly. Because he gets caught, but he feeds answers to Gina. So... What is her motive here, Mark? Because she comes over, she takes it, she takes a salary to hang out with someone that she she says she feels bad for. Yes. Obviously, he's overly affectionate towards her, and she doesn't owe him anything. But right. at the same time, she shows up, heavily flirts with him, gets him to tutor her, and then gets him to cheat for her. Yes. Okay. What is, is, is this, are we supposed She's to? She's looking out for number one. Okay. <laughs> she wants, to, she wants to be taken care of. She knows that she can. Scam this guy? Take advantage of his friendship. I don't know. I mean, isn't that what a friendship is? Isn't that why you and I are friends? <laughs> That's right. So Just that constantly, tipping, constantly, con constantly each other. tipping the scales yeah, on each other back and forth. Andrew and I have had $15 passing between <laughs> the two of us for about 10 years now. And that's all we think about is how do I get that 15 back? Be like, well, I pay. I mean, I, I picked you up. That's that's right, that's got to be worth at least something. Outside, how much? Let me ask you this: How much of this do you think is 
the writers saying, we have to explain why anybody would be around this freak. He's a normal kid. He just has this immune... Di- well, I- he's a normal kid except that he's not normal. Physically except for the immune the immune system, right? That he's... What are you, he's got all of his body parts? I'm saying he's able-bodied sure. and... But, but he can't leave a bubble, but he and can't, he doesn't, and he's never interacted with human beings, so he's socially weird. Right, he's a socially awkward kid. But here's this one girl who is next door and has the opportunity to talk with them, and can see flashes of, you know, what a nice enjoying guy being with him. Yes, but instead uh, overrides those flashes to somehow see what she can do to get something out of him. To take advantage of it. If it's either taking a salary from his parents to hang out with them or using him to cheat on tests for her yes. or uh, just screwing with him emotionally. It's like you already know this guy runs at 100%. Like, why stoke the flames by being like, oh, I'm going to hold. Like, I held your hand. Oh, what a goof. Oh, well, now you're tutoring me. Do you think I'm attractive? No. Okay. Why don't you cheat for me? Like, it just seems like. Once she figures out what she can, what button she can press, she does it and then gets something out of him. What's the movie with Jeff Daniels where he meets a crazy woman and they have a night together where she te- teaches him how to like loosen up and be like less straight laced? I'm going to guess Moonlight and Descanaba. That sounds right. Yeah. It's like that. She's teaching him what it is. Is she? So she's what? like a manic pixie dream girl. Is that this character? Oh, no, she's like a. She's an average teenager. You're right. Who's acting in an average way, which is difficult on him, but it's also difficult on her. Like I see this movie not as she doesn't Todd's have story. She doesn't have to be perfect, right? But I'm having a tr- I'm having trouble as an audience member rooting for a character. That every time I see her, I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know what her motivation is. And it's not the writer's fault. Obviously, this is a flawed character. Yes. And it's good. I'm glad I like I'm, that. I'm like being frustrated on this. But in as an audience member, I'm also saying I don't want to root for her. And I don't want to root for them to get together because it seems like all she's doing is just taking advantage of him the entire time. Well, there's a fundamental issue of not knowing what to root for because... And on the one hand, you want to root for him to get out of the bubble, but at the same time, you're like, well, I don't want him to die. Right. You want there to be some... You want everything to work you out. You want some Deus Ex Machina to come in and just make it all right. Right. But will it happen? We'll see. Outside his house, Todd wants uh, to get a tan. He's in his little box. He's like, I need a tan. He suggests that his parents go out and do something for themselves. He's like, Why don't you, you're what? paying all this money to this dirtbag neighbor who shows up maybe once a week. <laughs> Uh, with all my homework, yeah, claims it, it got lost. Gives, gives me her homework. <laughs> I fill it out, and then she's like, "Thanks." Then she leaves. Somehow I'm failing. Yeah, she's doing really well though. Why don't you go out and do something for yourself? So Mickey and John, uh, Mickey and Johnny decide to head off on a vacation while a nurse takes care of Todd. Did you recognize the nurse? I did not. She's the mother from Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> Owen didn't have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> the night was sultry. Owen loves his mama. Gina comes over and she has a great report card. So she thanks Todd for helping her. Uh, she, <laughs> he says on the system. Yeah. He said, uh, I wanted a car. They gave me a computer. Right. <laughs> bow, bow. And she wants, she wants to celebrate. 
Todd, she's like, what do you want to do to celebrate? Todd eyes her up and down and basically implies that he wants to You know what I want. (laughs) I want you to go to Roy's. And I want you to take a camcorder. (laughs) And I want you to find all the filth you can there. Just cover yourself in it. This is going to mean a lot to my friend. (laughs) Todd suggests that he wants to go riding with uh, young Gina. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. But they take his little box outside, and she he, she rides her horse around a lot. And uh, this scene is terrifying. This scene is creepy, because Todd is like, yay! Yes, horses! he's overly horses! excited about watching this horse. And she's just... She's, she's like, he's like, ride. Ride harder. Ride faster. Yeah, ride on him. Ride. Oh, so hard. Ride. And she's like, uh... Call, call, call someone on your CB while you're on your electric horse. <laughs> okay, what, what do you want me to say? Just whatever. Tell, Just say it. Tell him your name's Candy Cane. <laughs> tell him you see Smokey, even though there ain't any Smokies oh, around. Yeah. Todd watches Gina screw around. Gonna, you're going to put the hammer down. <laughs> Uh, he wants to see her ride faster and faster and then encourages her to jump over his plastic box. Right. Meanwhile, throw mama from the train is, is, is getting ripped on Sherry. <laughs> Which is this weird cutaway that I thought was going to be a gag because she's like, all right, I'm going to jump your dumb box. And so she like rides in the distance. She's like, yeah. she's like whipping Full the shit out of his horse. Meanwhile, then we cut to the nurse inside. has got this thing of Sherry in her hand. She looks out the window. She's like, Oh, oh God! <laughs> oh boy! Glug 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 yes. glug. <laughs> pours the pours the drink back in the bottle. Drinks the bottle. Yeah. It works. She jumps over. She jumps. Yes, she does not kill Todd. It's she strangely, doesn't kill the horse. Todd is. Uh, he looks like he's completely spent. He's postcoital. Yeah, he's like, he's oh, like, oh God, oh, the way that ho- I looked at that horse's dick. Stri- <laughs> he strikes a cigarette. The oxygen-rich environment just yeah, explodes into the flames. box into flames. Gina's dirtbag boyfriend shows up and he's like, get your shit together, Gina, we're going to driving. Uh, so then she is about to take off and Todd says, man, your boyfriend sucks. And Gina says, I'm not, I'm not anybody's girl, all right? Yeah. I'm just playing the field. And so she kisses him through the plastic shield of his box. And then th- we've, we've had a lot of talk about her messing with him emotionally. This is the most painful part is he's she's like, all right, I'll, I'll be back later to help take your box back inside, implying that he's stuck outside <laughs> in his box well, for it's a, it's eight a, hours. It's a two ma- yes, he's he just ends up uh, just a husk. Yeah, just no water. Sun. He's like peeling. <laughs> Like, oh, God, it's so hot. Well, how are you supposed to get water in the box? Huh? Think about it. You have to sterilize it. The parents come home. I drank my pee. <laughs> I was going to do it anyway. Right, it was right. <laughs> Todd says that the nurse drinks because they say the nurse said that, that, so that Gina some, jumped Gina you in a horse. <laughs> ran a horse at you. took out her electric horse and ramped it over yeah. you. Like it was 2012. You guys are fucking movie. jousting. What was going on? And Todd says she drinks. She's an alcoholic. And everyone has a good laugh. But he says he's more interested in something else. He's been working on something, Mark. Uh, so you're probably wondering what I've been working on. <laughs> I'm very excited to reveal it to you. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> he pulls out a, a, a uh, drawing pad. Oh, yes. And he's like, due to my, my scientific calculations are correct, <laughs> this should work. And shows them a very crudely drawn, like, like space suit uh, it's a child's drawing of like a deep sea diving thing from the 1800s with yeah big bellows behind yeah, it. yeah there's big bellows and there's a thing because 
not only is it crudely drawn, it's drawn like a child. Yes, it is. Not only is it crudely drawn, but it also has arrows. It has arrows that are like pointing at stuff that's like battery pack. Yeah, air. And then it points at the seams of of his little booties, and it's like airtight seals. (laughs) You're like. Just because you wrote that doesn't mean it's happening. Like, uh, yeah, these like monster truck wheels, yeah. wings. <laughs> huh? Isn't it good? Well, somehow they use these... And then they say how long how long were you in the sun for? <laughs> yeah, so they use these incredible schematics to actually come up with this suit that looks like it was uh sewn out of like an oven mitt. It looks like it looks like he's wearing a couch. Yes. It's this big, bulky, orange burn suit. Right, with a uh, a little visor in the front. And big backpack tanks in the back. And then, also, didn't give him gloves. They gave him lobster claws. Uh, they look like oven mitts. Yeah, it's uh, it's silly, is what it is. And the but doctor... Like, now I'm ready to go to school. Yeah, the doctor's like, <laughs> sure, it'll work. I don't know. Act three. You were supposed to die 16 years ago, kid. <laughs> like, I'm, like, every day I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> we're living on borrowed time here. Todd heads to school uh, with Mr. Brady driving, and his dad tests him on the, what do you need to do when you get to school? Check it's your like, pumps. Check your tanks. You want to clear your, your battery filters. At school, he walks in like a spaceman. Retro man. rocket boosters. <laughs> we uh, He walks into school like a spaceman because we constantly get POVs from inside his mask. I get the strong impression that nobody was warned that this is happening. Because the kids are on campus and they're just staring at him like, like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is this? this? And it does have a great shot of Todd checking out a woman. Yeah, with in her his visor. large 70s hinder. Yeah. Like, the he, longest butts in the world, folks. He, he, I wish that there was sunglasses for him to take off and be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, so he walks into school, but I was expecting more people to ostracize him and laugh because all they do is kind of give him weird sideways looks, but they're like, Look, man, I got an AP uh, geography quiz to take here. I don't I, give a shit what's in front of me. I did not study for it. I'm going to bomb it. In the, in class, Gina's there, and she gets the entire class to stand up and give him a standing ovation. Yeah. She's like, look at how embarrassing he looks. This takes <laughs> this takes a lot of courage to look this fucking weird, okay? <laughs> at lunch, Andrew, remember when... Remember when I when you come into work and everybody's like, guys, let's let's give Andrew a hand. <laughs> this just, takes a lot of courage to, to look at this walk big out the door fat asshole. Here. Just imagine Every him, time. him in his mind just thinking this is normal, okay? <laughs> I mean that's that's courage. You wanna you wanna talk about everyday heroes, Man. you're looking at him. Whereas for me, every time I walk in, everybody's like Takes a lot of guts to show up after what he did at that rap party. Just <laughs> peeing and pooping everywhere, and then he shows then up he like cries. nothing ever happened. Uh, at lunch, Todd recharges at a the uh, stones to still collect the, a paycheck the fucking, after the fucking the job that fucking he's been doing for six years. This piece of shit and he walks shows in, up, huge smile on like, his face. Oh, don't worry, I'm here now. Dick like, first. We're all happy to see him. <laughs> just killing me <laughs> Todd's G- too dumb to realize everybody's making fun of him Gina convinces the group that she's eating lunch with to go and talk to Todd They're Todd like, is plugged into an electrical outlet yeah. to charge his battery they pepper him with questions like uh and here we see PJ souls well we also see we see the friends like 
you know, Todd's not as much of an outsider as you might expect him to be. And Gina's leading the charge to help him out. Yes. Okay, has she turned the corner? Yeah. Maybe. More or less. She's like, if I give more friends to him, maybe I could charge. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. She's like, Each of you friends get two more friends to come along. And you get paid a dollar. Get paid, and, and then, then you they, kick it back to then, me. And I get a cut. But then they'll get a cut later on. More friends. Friends of Todd. They ask him a bunch of questions. They're like, how do you go to the bathroom? Says I shit myself. He's like, it's like, like Roy like always wanted. Basement. I poop in this suit. Yeah. And they're like, do you ever feel like a big weirdo? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't. <laughs> but now, yes. They decide to head over to the football field to smoke some weeds. Some reefer. The devil's lettuce. On the field, they smoke. That's where Todd's dad's blood money has been going. <laughs> to her, yeah, just nothing but fucking weed pot. habit. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm broke. Uh, yeah, I'm a real hard luck case with my horse yeah. and beachfront property. You fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. Todd explains that he knows what it's like to smoke weed because everyone seems stoned out of their gourd. And he says that sometimes he just stares at a wall and focuses on something and takes himself inside his mind and then somehow feels transplanted like he's out of his own body. Right. Then he explains that he feels like he's a transplant, that he's an exchange student from something he calls Thermopolis. Thermopolis, an alien planet. An alien planet. He feels like an alien that has been brought here and that whoever was supposed to be here with his family was sent to Thermopolis, and eventually they'll switch back. At this point, he is terrifying the stoned kids. Yes, they're like, oh, oh no, God, because you're they're, an alien. They're, they're, <laughs> they're like, you're putting us on, right? He's and like, no. just stay, just fucking stone face. Just no, I don't know. Am I? Why don't you smoke some more? That'll answer your questions. <laughs> you are freaking out, and I feel like he's losing them with the Thermopolis stuff. Yeah. I feel like. It's like when you start doing a bit with a group of people that you're like, oh, this is going south. What do I do? There's some people, smart people, who abandon bail out of it. But people like us, you create and I, a podcast. We create a podcast and, and just dig weekly. our heels in further. No, we are funny. We just we anchor ourselves to the ground. Yeah. And this is what he does because he doubles he down does. on the Thermopolis so again, bit. Relatable. <laughs> Then the kids are like, okay, we're going to go. Gina sees, or Todd sees Gina being kind of friendly with uh, her dirtbag boyfriend. And so Todd does what every normal adult male does. Every teenager does. Challenges him to a push-up contest. Yes. So the two of them have a push-up contest. Nobody points out how unfair it is that Todd is wearing 50 pounds worth of diving gear. While doing a push-up contest. But yeah. No, whatever. They, just die, they go right in, and Todd wins. He fucking beats this piece of shit. Now they have to talk. They're like, now you got to make fun of his T, all yeah. right? Look who's got low T now. I've got all. I've got the highest T. And they're like, no, your T is still low, but his is lower comparatively. But you're both big weirdos. Weird shits do weird, weird shit, shit during the day. day. So... Todd's happy, except he used all the oxygen in his tanks, and a big big alarm goes off, and he has to be rushed back to his little tent inside uh, his home room. Right. Now, I love that there is no, like, warning alarm that's like, 
oxygen low. 20 minutes remaining, like some kind of low beep or something. Cause he's like, all right, I did it. Then this like air raid siren goes off <laughs> whoop, whoop. and then he starts choking whoop, to death. Whoop. Well, you whatever, what you want is a siren that says this isn't going to impress her. man. <laughs> Let me tell you, girls ain't about this. Okay. Yeah, they don't like winners of push up contests. Gina isn't impressed. Because she goes back to Todd's house and she's like, that's a load of shit that you tried to impress me doing Look, manly idiot. machismo things. If you die, I lose my money. Yeah. You're I'm, my meal ticket. I'm out my grades and my dollar a day, okay? You fuck me on this. I swear, <laughs> I swear to, God. to God. You'll wish you were dead. <laughs> He's like, all right, all right. Oh, God. But Todd says, well, the whole point of him doing this is because he wanted to show Gina that he isn't a, quote, cripple right and uh, 1976 he's like i'm normal all right i just got this weird thing with my blood where i don't have white blood cells but everything else about me i'm perfect everything else about me is incredibly average (laughs) (laughs) very very average gina says uh we're friends like can't we just be friends for for fucking crying out loud friends that get money from each other's parents that soak their friends parents for money and then also screw with their kid you know what friends do this is what friends do you dipshit it's like you want the real american kid experience this is this is it you're getting it (laughs) if you don't know who's the rube at the table i have terrible news for you gina leaves and as soon as she gets back to her house todd calls and he's like do you want to go to the beach tomorrow? Sure. So they go to the beach in his big dumb spacesuit <laughs> and they fly kites. Yes. Which, again, even if you're in like an oxygen soaked environment, like they're running on the beach. He's in this huge fucking suit. He's going to sweat. Like he's going to. That, well, he's that got AC gonna, units in there that are blasting him. And- that thing's going to. Mark. As a big fat body like myself, <laughs> like you could, I could, I could be inside like the inside of a, a, a refrigeration unit. And it's like, you ask me to bend the wrong way. And it's like, <laughs> oh boy, just drenched. Yeah. But keep in mind, he thinks that he doesn't smell bad. So he probably I mean, thinks I, that he I, doesn't I guess, sweat I guess either. this is all the lie teenagers tell themselves. Yeah, I don't smell bad. I don't sweat. You just go into any high school. And it's okay to piss in your suit. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. This is what teenagers do. what everybody do. does. He's like, yeah. He's like, I go to the bathroom <laughs> like astronauts do. And he's like wearing a pair of jeans and he just shits himself. <laughs> Like astronauts do. I wanted somebody to say, you piss into space? <laughs> Driving home from the beach, uh, they lay in the back of this van. Oh, yeah. And they canoo- well, mom and dad are mom driving in the front. Dad, they're driving. They canoodle in the back and kiss each other through the plastic mask on his, uh, on his space, space visor. It looks like they're doing more than canoodling, yeah, honestly. He's, uh, he's giving I, her the old oven mitt. I think he's oven mitting her. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> He's like, does that feel good? And she's like, uh. It's not so much flicking as it is flopping, yeah. that bean. <laughs> Smacking my thing there. Just, it's like a, yeah, it's a, it's like a flipper on a punching bag. It's just, there's no, there's no accuracy at all. He, look, he looked like a shotgun blast. He looked like a 90s DJ. Just, <laughs> just scratching away at that thing. She's like, ah, uh, uh, ah, uh, yay. yay. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good now. Thank you. 
This is how they do it at Thermopolis. So they have a weird makeout sesh yes. in the back of a van. While their parents are driving home. Right. And it's heavily implied that he's diddling her. So is she okay with, like, are they, is she now she turned the corner? Because I don't think she has. She doesn't have to make, nobody's talking about being exclusive you're, here. You're right. She's, you're having, she she's does, having youthful she experiences. She and I think it's valuable. And I think it's important. And I think the she, fact that she is opening herself up in this way to him is important. She doesn't owe him anything. You're right. right. And if she's okay with this and, and and being physical with him in this capacity, then fine. And like, obviously he's okay with it. But Very I, okay with it. Okay. <laughs> well, because they get home... Uh, and, uh, th- so it seems like it went well. Now it's graduation day. Todd gets his high school graduation. He puts a you this, know, cap and this is mortar. shot so weird. <laughs> it's nothing but these huge it's, wides. Just, <laughs> they're like a guy in a brown oven mitt just, just walking around. Up and, uh, you'd think that they would shoot the POV again. Right. Just to like, to show the crowd or something. Cause we've been seeing these big crowd shots through this whole movie of everyone reacting to Todd, and instead, it's this big wide shot. He comes stomping up in his orange fire uh, protection suit, right, along with a cap and gown. And then he gets his diploma <laughs> he and he like holds it up. He looks, he's like, I did I'm it. great. I did it and on the coolest kid in the world. <laughs> then he and everybody's like, Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm an astronaut. <laughs> You're the best, Todd. <laughs> you did it. There's nothing. Yeah, that's it's just blank paper. <laughs> he hasn't been going to school for years. Well, Gina runs in excited because she's got an acceptance letter from an art institute in New, New York, York City. City. And Todd's like, oh, oh, great. That's great. I love it. Um, Good. Yeah, I'm going to go for away you. to New York forever. And I'm not going to see anyone in this fucking backwoods gonna town. going to burn this place down. Just I don't give a shit about anything. Everybody in my dust. I don't give a fuck about any of them. Ha- fuck them all, Todd. That's what I say. Just right? all the haters. Go to hell. She high fives the plastic. He doesn't put his hand up. She's like, you know what I'm talking no, she about. She high fives a picture of Neil Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. Slams the door. Breaks it. Todd the says, plastic falls down. Todd dies immediately. <laughs> Gina says, "Well, well, um, I'm not, I'm not leaving quite yet. You but, know, uh, tomorrow afternoon. I mean, in like an hour or so. Yeah. But you know, we yeah, can we still can enjoy our. We time. can still hang out." Todd calls Doctor Gunther back, and he says, "Hey, so um, what about me leaving this bubble? What would that do?" Gunther says, "Well, I, 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 I'd tell you more about it, but I'm, I'm, I've got this thing about orange juice futures coming up this week. I, 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 that's where most of like, my thoughts like, are I'm going. I'm a little confused if I want them to do well or I don't want them to I, do well. But yeah. I, I, somebody will tell me if I, I, if I good hit happened. big or not. I have a lot on the line. A lot. <laughs> I bet Gina one dollar. So the doctor an hour of her time <laughs> that uh, she'll impress you. So the doctor says." The doctor says, uh, I don't know. Your body is building antibodies and immunities regularly, but you still lack as many as anybody else does. 
a common cold or a flu might kill you. Might kill you, but but you might survive for years. There's no way to tell. I don't know. The research is still out on an absolute cure, but honestly, it'd be rolling the dice. If you want to play it safe, don't leave. Please never leave. So Gunther leaves. In the morning, Todd wakes up and puts on his finest Romeo outfits. Oh, yes. This big, like, blouse. like (laughs) with a a high collar. With, like, a tie-off on top. It's very cool. He then walks to the open draft door. He steps on the gaff tape. (laughs) Angry Grip is like, there's a reason it's there. That's holding down a wire. (laughs) He then takes a big breath. And he steps out the door. Now this, I'm telling you, if there, it's like a big airlock. You, yeah. It opens up into the skylight. We see the sun or whatever. Instead, they're like, no, it's just a big hole in the, the thing. wall. It's always been there. He could always leave if he wanted to. He steps over it and he smiles and he leaves and he goes downstairs because Gina's outside brushing her dumb horse. Right. He walks out. He stalks outside to Gina. <laughs> he slips past his parents, who are still in bed. Yeah. and uh, Presumably drunk. Yeah. He walks downstairs. He opens a door. He sees, like, a very friendly-looking dog with, oh, you must have just brushed your teeth. You've got foam all over your face. <laughs> dog bites him. Nice, <laughs> nice doggy. Uh, hello, doggy. He then uh, gropes a tree. Yeah. Creepily. And he's he's basically seeing life for the first time outside of the bubble. He's very impressed by it. Then he walks over to, to Gina, and Gina spins around and is like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> You're a ghost. <laughs> and she's like, "Your bubble. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm here now. We're together. And they kiss each other and embrace. She, yeah. She says, she coughs and says, oh, I have strep. And he's like, I don't know what that is. And then he dies. <laughs> kiss out. Kiss me, baby. So then the two of them, he says, I want to ride. That's all I want to do is I want to ride with you. Boy, he does. So they get on her electric horse. And they ride off. They fire it up. And Uh, this weird song starts playing. Yes. Helicopter shot. Big, big pull pull out. And then that's the end of the boy in the plastic bubble. Mark, I know how you felt about this movie. You really like this movie, I like right? this movie a lot. We have to assume, however, that everybody dies. Roy's dead, right? Todd dies. Well, I would hope that the audience realizes that Todd has made the decision to kill himself. Yes. By stepping out and going to be with Gina. Because Gina's going to be... So, this is what my Gina's leaving, issue... Gina's leaving anyways. She's going to college. With the movie is... In terms of, are we supposed to be sympathetic towards Gina? Because Gina has screwed with him, as a dumb teenager does. Mind you, this is what dumb teenagers do. But she has screwed with this kid the entire length of the movie, right? Yes. And now, this guy has opted to give up his life because he wants to spend a few days with her outside of his bubble. Yes. And optimistically... Maybe he doesn't die. Maybe he presupposes maybe he no, doesn't. No, he dies. He dies. There's no... Because the doctor I like, says... I like to imagine that the moment we it, cut, the horse bucks, <laughs> and he falls off and bashes his head open and Because dies. we can't presume that as soon as he steps out, it's like, oh, he got <laughs> he got taken... Yeah, it's like he's stepping not gonna... in, it's not. Yeah, it's not like a panther is going to come out and just take him back into the jungle <laughs> and just murder him. 
No, the, he's going to get sick. There's going to be a disease that will affect him, and then his declined immune system will give up and not be able to fight it, and then he'll die due yes. to something common. He's going to poop himself to death. He's going to get the flu, and he's going to poop himself to death. So he's committing suicide, a prolonged suicide, in order to be with Gina. Yes. Does Gina understand... Do you think Gina understands the decision that he's just made now in his mind? I think that she had assumed... Because he said it's okay. Yeah. I assume that she had thought, oh, you're cured. Oh, oh, he's fine. He's fine. Why are you wearing that dopey suit at graduation? Why are you doing that all the time? That was a good goof. Telling Uh, telling everybody that you have an immune disease for (laughs) your entire life so that after graduation you can take it off. And then rubbing rubbing me raw with a weird lobster (laughs) claw mitt. Boy, you got me. Hilarious. Got hysterical. That's worth That's it. That's that's worth $2 at least. (laughs) Count it. Uh, Uh, So I would assume that she doesn't know. I would assume that she won't realize what all of this means until years after Todd has died. Yes. She'll be... Like, four years removed from college, and she'll think, I wonder what happened to that guy. Yeah, she'll be like, he dropped me off at the airport, and then he wrote me a letter once. I never opened it. Uh Uh-huh. And then I got another letter from his dad, never opened that. (laughs) And then I got a newspaper clipping. Uh, My mom said that they moved. And then, uh, yeah, I I don't remember that. I lost touch, mostly. I wonder what happened. Oh, well. And then I'm sure he's fine. And then she just (laughs) smiles and rides her horse down Second Avenue. I like this movie because I like the fact that I'm at odds with these characters. Yeah, I don't. It's not. It's not a cookie cutter thing where she does something shitty. She comes around and she has to convince everyone else that he's not a Frankenstein. Right. It's. It's not. We're not doing a Frankenstein here. Instead, she's a complicated shithead character that you're like. Ugh. With <laughs> I hate everybody. Yes, she's self-interested. She's, she's selfish. selfish. She's self-centered. She's figuring out what she likes. What are the angles? And what she doesn't like and what she can get. And yeah. she's fig- she's testing out the boundaries of her own life. Well, Todd is doing the same thing, like, physiologically. She's also, you know, I like that there's that... The uh, parallel storytelling. Parallel storytelling between the two of them. And yeah. That they're learning from each other in a lot of ways. I found it just very engrossing. I thought it was interesting, handled in the most interesting way it possibly could. I think that a movie about a guy who meets a teenage girl who likes him and is nice to him and feels conflicted sometimes, but they everything works out in the end is boring. It is. What would be a little more... I like it, th- is, it is, and I think that's what I'm surprised about because this is some shit 90-minute Aaron Spelling ripped from the headlines movie because uh, you know 1971 happens this this boy gets born he's in the headlines and they're like fuck i got we'll just make a movie out of it won't license any of the people no. won't just None it, of the it's names. inspired by but then put these characters together in this weird setting and these weird performances and these weird characterizations when you could have done a typical End of Act 1, like, what would have happened is at the end of Act 1, she becomes friends with them. This bet happens, 
End Act Two. She has to. She has to. She's all that him. End Act. Yes, exactly. End Act Two. He finds out about the bet and is really despondent about it. They re- She realizes that she really liked hanging out with him. It was more than the bet. Right. And then End Act Three. Somehow, through the grace of God, she. I don't know. She puts on a, a the spacesuit and goes into his bubble. Yeah. And lives with him there. I don't know. That's a dumb. That's that is as cookie cutter that's as you, you can would get, and that's or, and that's kind of what I expected. Instead of oh, John Travolta decides he's gonna he's gonna he's die. just gonna kill himself off because he can't live a normal life and doesn't want to live a normal life, especially without the person that he's loved since he saw her at age four. Yeah, which is weird. Which is weird as well. That I can't. I have people say that it exists, but I am. Hard pressed to believe that a girl that you met at the age of four becomes the love of your life. But or, when did Rudy meet his second cousin? Ooh, good question. <laughs> so, Mark, would you recommend this movie? Very much so. And it would be easy for me to recommend because this movie is in the public domain. It is in the public domain. Very is- much like It's a Wonderful Life and Day of the Dead, or Dawn of the Dead, rather. The transfer was probably the best transfer that I've ever seen. On uh, on this show, on this show, because they uh, they're like the, we have the rights. We can to the we negatives. can do yeah we, we can, can do, do whatever, whatever we, we want. <laughs> so it was wonderful. But Mark, that's all for the boy in the plastic bubble. But what about for next time, Andrew? Next time, of course, we're looking at April. April, a month of terror, terror, a month of destruction, a month of hazards, and a month of. Oh, my God. They made this thing a bad guy in a movie. A bad thing. <laughs> you know. our theme? I don't know. Uh, we're watching this from 1977. It's Ants. Myrna Loy, Linda Day George, and Suzanne Summers at a get-together that is surely no picnic. The problem is ants. Regular little ants, like right here. But we've always had ants. Of course. Everybody does. Ants are ants, not these ants. Even though they are joined by any picnic's usual guests. The ants! The ants are coming into the hole! Mike, we gotta get out of here, look! Then we're gonna come up there and get you. How long? No more than half an hour. Listen, I don't think we've got five minutes. These ants could ruin a whole city. Not just the delis. You can't tell me that doesn't look fantastic. That looks fucking fantastic. <laughs> I got all these ants. What am I going to do with all these? I got Brian Denny here. What am I going to do with all these fucking ants? <laughs> Grandma's out there doing God knows what. I got all these goddamn ants. Suzanne Summers is living with one of the ants. She has to tell their landlord that it's gay. It's gay. It's a gay ant. <laughs> a gant. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's uh, ABC's 1977's Ants, sometimes called It Happened on Mulberry Street. <laughs> yeah, something like <laughs> something that. Something like that. That'll be for next time here on TV Movie Night. But if you would like to listen to past episodes, you can always do that by going to soundcloud.com forward slash TV Movie Night Podcast. You can email us at TV Movie Night Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on facebook.com forward slash TV Movie Night. You can listen to us on iTunes, subscribe, Leave a review there. Tell your friends. 
Or you can listen to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher, which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. All that information and more at soundcloud.com forward slash TV Movie Night Podcast. Mark, is there anything else that you'd like to say? Andrew, I think now's the right time to tell you. Oh, no. Seven years ago. Oh, I don't like where this is going. Kevin Faust oh. gave me $2. Oh, if I did a podcast no. with you for seven years. Like a dagger in my heart, Mark. And today, ah. I pin that $2. Uh, I mean, it's a good gag. It's a good gag. It's a good gag. You got me. You got me. <laughs>